Hi, Mathis. Hey, John. Happy 10th oh. episode. <laughs> Happy 10th episode. Did I surprise you with my <laughs> loudness? You're very, you're, you're very excited. <laughs> uh, I just imagine you like taking the earphone out and like holding it away from your ear while I was speaking. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, will this kid just take a Too chill? excited. <laughs> right. That's not necessary. No, not at all. So, uh, how did... Oh. How, <laughs> how did the rest of your week go? In, uh, what were we going to say? The rest of your week in, in uh, Nashville. Nashville. How'd it go? Yeah. In the Nashville. It was fun. Yeah, we had a lot of Good. fun. We um we did this when did we record? Sunday. Um we yeah. did this no escape thing. Did we talk about that? Yes. We you said you were going. Yeah, so what it, what ended up happening is we went. It's called this one was called Kidnapped. So we went into this room. <laughs> there were seven of us. We had to put blindfolds on and then they handcuffed us to a bed and then um, when the <laughs> when our leader person said we could uh, open or take off our blindfolds, we were in this room and there was one bed right in the middle, and mm-hmm. um, we yeah we had to get out within an hour, and we did it. What? And I'm fist pumping you... in the air right now. <laughs> did you like have to pick up the bed and like walk out with it with everybody? Well, it? there was a key. Oh, okay. So we got the key eventually, and then, yeah, we, you know, we solved the mystery, because we're the Scooby-Doo clan. (laughs) Which member of the Scooby-Doo clan were you? Well, hard to say, Mathis. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You You strike me as kind of a Daphne, not a Daphne, Velma. Which one's the girl with the glasses? That's (sighs) Velma? Velma. Velma. Velma? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're probably like a Velma. I th- with my glasses, I'm a Thel- uh, Thelma, for sure. <laughs> Isn't it Velma, not Thelma? Well, I said Velma, and then I was like, I think it's Thelma, or Thelma, with a T-H. <laughs> it's either an F, a T-H, or a V. <laughs> one, it's one of them. <laughs> it's one of those three options. But speaking yeah. of my glasses, there were multiple times throughout the week when my brother-in-law was like, John, that looks like you in 40 years. And then I'd, like, walk oh over to God. him. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the glasses. Right. Every, it's just every, like... time, every time I was like, oh, I hope not. So. <laughs> so you just saw like an old person with glasses and was like, John, that's you. That's yep. you, John. Well, with my type of glasses, yeah. That's funny. And they all have my type of haircut down there. It's pretty much my place. <laughs> I would Wait. blend right in. <laughs> so like these 60-year-old men? No, they were like they were like 35, 40. Oh okay, but okay. They were still pretty young, but. <laughs> well, it sounds like it was a good visit. But yeah, it was. Did you have a good rest of the week? Yeah, it was good. It was a lot of fun. How was the uh, the trip back? Oh, good. Um, I came back today. Um, it's a super quick flight. It was like an hour and ten minutes. Um, but what was funny is. When we, so by the time we get up, they do, I flew Southwest, which is usually a cluster, but today it was actually fine. But, um, they like got your drink order before we left. And then, you know, once you're up and everything, they come around. So they came around and then they gave us our drinks and then probably like 40 minutes before we were going to land, the pilot comes on. He's like, 
you know, so it's going to be a little bumpy. So we're going to have the flight attendants buckle in for the rest of the, the flight. Uh-huh. Um, so they're going to come around once more and collect all the garbage. Um, <laughs> and then after he got off, one of the flight attendants came on. She's like, you heard the boss. Um, <laughs> and she's like, I know that some of you just got your drinks and you are waiting and that you want to enjoy them. But um, now is not the time. So we're going to come around and drink it like you're in college. And I was like, Sharon. <laughs> Did she actually say that? Yeah. That is so good. She's oh, like, my gosh. And then um, so it was fun because there was like <laughs> there was like a mild little blizzard she here today. College. Yeah. She's like, you don't have to enjoy it. Just drink it. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, there was like a mini blizzard that didn't stick here today. So mm-hmm. as we were flying in, literally, you, it looked like a sheet of glacier, like from the plane looking down. Oh, my goodness. Like, it was all white cloud. It actually looked really cool. But then, like, when we were descending, we were literally in the cloud for, like, five minutes. And I was waiting for the guy to come on and be like, so we're lost. (laughs) (laughs) We're in New Jersey. Um, (laughs) Five minutes on a plane is, like, 100 miles. (laughs) Especially in clouds. And I'm like, I don't know how he sees. I can't see. Oh, um, God. <laughs> so anyways, but we made it, you know. That's really funny. Yeah, it was fun. I have so many bad flying experiences. I think I'm just, like, attracted to them because I'm so terrified of flying. Oh. Like, you dropped me off at the airport enough times to know that, like, I am just, like, I'm cold before I go into a plane. It's just yeah. not... It's just not a good place. And then I get on a plane, and I just have so many instances where it was actually really scary for, like, a moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did I tell you about the one time that – did I tell you about the rockiest landing that I ever had? I mean, maybe, but I don't remember. So you can tell me again. Tell us again. Oh, my goodness. Like, we were coming into land, and this was a few years ago, and the plane was just kind of, like, back and forth, like, as it was coming down. And it had already been like a really rocky flight. And I've, you know, I've flown a lot. Uh, I grew up in a military family, so I've like bounced around the world a lot. Um, but so I guess I, I know when it's going to be rocky. So we're getting close to the ground and like the plane's getting rumbled around. And I was like, this is really rocky. And we're still coming in really fast. And I was like, man, this guy's just going for it. Like, this is not, this is not prime conditions, but he's like, nope, we're going to get this plane on the ground. And we're coming down, and we're getting closer and closer, and the plane's rocking. And I'm like, I actually felt like I was going to die. And this happens, like, every other, like, fifth, like, every fifth plane ride I'm on, I start saying death prayers. Like, I'm Uh that afraid of flying. So I was like, all right, God, it's been a short life, but I think I've done a little bit with it. Um, Thank you for, for, you know, this this has been a cool place. Uh, See you soon. You start shaking the hands of everyone next to you, like, it was nice to meet you. I'll see you soon. Exactly, exactly. And <laughs> if you if you looked at the body language of everybody on this plane, like they they were a little they were a little nervous. Like it white, was really white knuckled. Yeah, exactly. They were all white knuckle in it, and the plane hits the ground and it just like thuds really hard. And there's like eight people who scream on the plane, like just like shrieking. Were you were you, were you one of them? No, I wasn't. I was tell like, the tell the truth. <laughs> tell, tell the, the truth. truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. 
No, I wasn't. I was like, when I realized we were still alive, I was like, these freaking people got to be screaming, like making it worse. I was annoyed at all the screamers, but no, I wasn't one of them. A few babies started crying. I just remembered that was a detail too. Like, it was just so rocky. And then the minute everybody got like a hold of themselves, everybody started clapping. And I was like, are we literally clapping because he landed poorly? Like, I'm confused. He may have landed the best he could in those conditions, you know? And you're probably right, but objectively speaking, I give it like a D minus landing. And if, <laughs> and if that flight captain ever listens to this podcast, you're like, I, I am tweeting him. <laughs> I I realize he probably did the best that he could, but just given. But next time, do better. Thinking about myself, thinking about myself, I was not happy, and no one else around me was happy. It's like what. D- so D minus. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's like what it's like what David O. Russell does when he directs. He's like, so that was good, but do it better. Yeah, but exactly. don't suck. I was like, no, no, no. I realized that we landed safely and everything's okay, but everybody was scared shitless in the back of the plane, buddy. That's not acceptable. I'm sorry you had such a bad experience. It's okay. Like I said, it happens like every every fifth flight. Every five. I'm like saying, yeah, I'm like saying the prayers like, all right, Jesus. I know you're real. It's really, it's really dark. It's a dark time. But yeah, I have have like a handful of stories like that. I'll tell another one some other time when. (laughs) Maybe on the 20th episode. When is not now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Every 10th episode we'll tell a almost dying story. Today when I, uh, today I went and saw Midnight Special again with some um, friends. Did you get a chance to see it yet? No, it's still not around here. Ah, damn. So I went and I was getting ready this morning and I saw my Goonies t-shirt and I was like, ooh, I haven't worn this guy in a little while. Maybe I'll bust this guy out. Like I got to be in the right mood to wear a graphic tee and and I like reached for it and then I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. This isn't the time. And then when I was getting home, like right before I called you up, I walked past a guy wearing a Goonies t-shirt and I was like. Yeah, see, that's not acceptable. I'm so glad I'm not wearing my Goonies t-shirt, because you can't just pass someone else wearing a Goonies t-shirt on the one day in the past, like, three months that you've worn that t-shirt. Did I ever tell you the story of my fresh, like, the first weekend of my freshman year in college? Actually, I think it was... I don't think so. I think it was literally the first night I had dinner at our DC, um... I remember I went in. I was wearing I was wearing a Batman shirt. Um, Weren't and you I, all like from Coles? <laughs> <laughs> and I went in, and there were literally three other people that had the exact same shirt. Oh, John, bless! That is so bad. <laughs> and it wasn't one of those situations where you like look no. at them and you point and you're like, "Yes." It was like I am avoiding you. We are not making eye contact. <laughs> I'm trying to make friends. Uh, <laughs> you guys are bringing my dweeb status up over here. Right? I remember one time I wore a t-shirt that, uh, like, a six-year-old was also wearing that I ran into, and that was just so disheartening. I was like, I never want this to happen again. And I don't know what was so so different about this this moment like it just felt so much worse than running into somebody your age or around your age wearing your t-shirt 
This guy was just a little kid, and I was like, that's the same t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. I feel really weird. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, so, thank God I didn't wear the Goonies t-shirt today. It's right? Those... That would have been awkward. Yeah. He probably would have, like, tried to do, like, a point thing, you know, and been like, oh, ho, and I would have been like, no. No. I'm allowed to take this <laughs> Then you have to high-five right him. <laughs> you just strip yourself. You're like, no, yeah, no, exactly. no. I see him coming, and I just tear the shirt off my body. I'm just like, oh, wow, it's such a hot day here. Wow, wow, it's snowing. It actually is super hot here, and I think it's really... Just crazy that a bunch of places where you're at right now are getting, like, a little bit of snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not yeah. happy about it. No, it doesn't sound like it. Social media has uh, has taken on the woes and the anger of the people over there. Yeah, we always do. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is going to care, you know? You can't just walk around the streets being like, oh, my God, you know? What is this? To <laughs> random people, like, are you kidding me? God hates us. Yeah. You got to put it on Twitter instead. Then it's acceptable to just scream about nothing. Exactly. Yeah. I um did you see the record breaking drop for Batman versus Superman? For March, you mean? For this for like a second weekend drop. Oh, did yeah. Did you see I that article? That. Yeah. I I like thought that was going to happen, but I, um, I'm usually wrong about those types of things. Like, I'm not very good at the box office. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I bet that the first weekend will be super great. And they had a record-breaking first weekend. You know, they had great numbers. And then I was like, and then the second weekend, all the word of mouth will have gone around, and it will be bad. And and it actually happened. Like, it was an 81% drop from last weekend. It's, right. And... In the article, they said that 30% of ticket sales this weekend were returning returner viewers. Uh So it's like – it's, and and then something else the article said was like it's basically like everybody who's going to see this movie has already seen it. Like that's what these numbers are saying, which is kind of scary because how this movie performs is really going to um, determine how Warner Brothers treats the rest of the properties. So – I think it's hopefully. done well enough that hopefully, yeah. it's not – I think it'll be fine. I don't think they'll struggle. It takes, a, it takes a long time for a blockbuster to earn back all of its money. Like Yeah, especially one of that caliber. Exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, high-caliber movies, I saw this um, update on Avatar 2 today. Oh, no. Tell me. Okay, so they actually talked to James Cameron himself. Um, ugh. anyways, um, are so, you going to give me a direct quote? Cause I'm yes, so this is his quote. So, oh they, my God. Um, so pretty much it fled the December, 2017 date because star Wars has moved up there. Do you remember that? Mm, yeah. And then I, do. I don't know if it's picked up a new one yet, but this article was like, and it settled in parts unknown anyway. So they asked James, James Cameron. James Cameron about it and he said we do performance capture work you have to think of it more like an animated film so it's not really shooting per se it's a lot of performance capture work so yeah we're getting into that it's top secret (laughs) remember the Manhattan Project did they talk about that 
<laughs> no, that's not what he said. That's what he's direct quote. You know, as you were reading that, I was like, that's actually a pretty reasonable person. I was like, maybe maybe John's just overreacting. And then there's that little zinger. It's top secret. <laughs> Do you remember I, the Manhattan Project? Did they talk about that? It's like no one. Oh my gosh. Honestly, I don't think people care enough. That's no, the problem. No, they don't. He's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's funny to me. It's funny. It's maybe he's sort of like by calling it top secret, we get more people interested. So it's like just keep buying into the th- feeling and mentality that everybody cares and they're mm-hmm. all excited about it. And if you keep telling people that they're excited about something, sometimes it works. Right. In the entertainment industry, that can work. Well, I think Avatar 2 is supposed to be out like this year and they keep pushing it back. I think so, so all the excitement yeah. is slowly getting pushed away with that release date. For those who don't know, there are three more Avatar installments coming out, so it's, right. there's a there's a wild ride in store for us. Everyone's <laughs> very excited. That's why it's top secret, folks. It is in an envelope. No touchy. You know, Mathis. <laughs> I will say that the one thing that the Manhattan Project and Avatar Two do have in common is I have about the same uh, level of excitement for both of them. <laughs> it's just like, all right. I knew, well. I knew, <laughs> I knew you were really going to like your joke because you started laughing at it at times. <laughs> I knew, and here's the thing, I knew that you were laughing because you knew that I yes. really liked my joke. Uh, There's good. a world where that joke could have been really funny, but this is not that world, people. I'm so sorry. It was still funny. I just like, I thought it was, <laughs> I'm still laughing thought... about it. It's uh, not a good joke, Mathis. What am I doing here? <sighs> okay, what what do you have next? Oh, or if gosh. you don't, I have another one. I don't I don't know if I have any other uh cultural things. I'm trying to think what okay. else happened this week. Did anything happen? No, but I, I do have two okay. more really quick things. Uh okay. Suicide Squad is doing some reshoots. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Which is I think it's a good choice. It's um it's very interesting that it got a headline because most blockbusters do reshoots. I don't know if most people know yeah. that, but most most blockbusters will go out and like reshoot a ton of stuff. Like um in the the podcast for Ten Cloverfield Lane, Abrams was talking about all of the shots they missed for The Force Awakens and how they had to do reshoots in the Bad Robot Studio and he said the same thing happened for uh Star Trek when they did that. So mm-hmm. it's like I feel like that article really made it sound like, oh no, is Suicide Squad in trouble? Which is what news does, you know? Like it's right. supposed to, it's supposed to like create like conflict to be overcome, and I understand why they did that. But it's probably like a, it's probably like a just a normal thing, you know? They're just going through the regular process. Well, they Wasn't said the quote something like it needs to be more fun. Yeah, well, to add more fun, because I think what they were saying is that the newest trailer, the one that I actually really like, um, it's almost misleading in how fun it is, and it really actually has a darker tone, and that they put a lot of their fun stuff in the trailer. So they're trying to add more kind of character fun, because they don't, because I think it is pretty dark in tone, but, um, you know. So it yeah, actually makes me makes more excited because they're adding kind of more character stuff, hopefully. 
But I'm excited for it, and I don't, I don't think you're as excited as I am for it. No, I'm about the same layer of excitement as I am and was for Batman vs. Superman. Like, I probably won't go see Suicide Squad. I think I'm just, like, I'm really checked out of most superhero things, and I'm very checked out of DC. Like, if X-Men ends up getting, like, really earth-shatteringly bad response, I probably will wait till Redbox that. Mm-hmm. Like, the only thing this year I'm excited for is Civil War. Everything else, I'm just like, okay. Batman vs. Superman, you know, the two most... I just said most... I heard. <laughs> the two most, you know, like, American mythological superheroes there are fighting on screen, and I don't care. Like, I feel like if this movie came out four years ago, I would have been the first person in line, but even if it wasn't a good movie... But yeah, I mean, I want I want Suicide Squad to be better for other people. Like I wanted Deadpool to be good for people. Like I'm when people were happy, they liked Deadpool. I was like, good. I'm glad that people weren't upset because I know there would have been a lot of upset people about that movie. Uh huh. So I mean, that's that's about where I stand. Okay. Well, we can move on. Down with the superheroes. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to move on to next? Emails? Um, yeah, let's do it. So... Groovy. Groovy. The, the first email we got this week was from our good old buddy and pal, Zach. And I don't know Zach. Zach is John's friend. Hi, Zach. <laughs> I'm going to call him my buddy and my pal yeah. for the sakes of this email. The sake. Um, But he just... Uh, he was just giving like a few responses to last week's episode, and last week we talked a lot about um, afterlife, resurrection, um, heaven, Jesus, yep. and I got real existential. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of silence started playing. Uh-huh. John just sat in the corner and sat after. It was, I know. It was a, it was adorable. It was actually really freaky for a moment. I was like, where did John go? You know? <laughs> We're not we're not in the same room doing this. So. You just hear me like yelling outside. Nah. Almost <laughs> John outside John right out? now. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear muffled like screaming and hitting on a glass window, like trying to get through. What is happening? Um, I really liked your uh, response a lot, Zach. It kind of like just got my whole. Um, it got me like really buzzed about the topic again because it is such like a rich topic. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I really liked what, uh, you said in your email about the way that the Bible talks about heaven is actually, you know, it's not so direct and pinpoint and, uh, like people die and they go up to a place in the sky. Like that's not how, that's not how the Bible talks about heaven. And, and I just, you know, it's, I, I feel like a part of me knew that, but it was just sort of like, um, is kind of interesting and like, oh yeah, that is that is true. Like I never thought about that kind of way. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was cool. Yeah, I I liked it too. Yeah. Thanks, D- Zach. Ditto, ditto, <laughs> ditto. 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 And then our our next email was from our friends Sarah and Kylie, mm-hmm. and they like Johnny Talk Show. 
I'm surprised that anybody liked it. I thought maybe that was one of those things where, like... Uh, yeah, I still don't like it, but... I, of course you don't, and that's what made me think that it was the worst thing that I ever said. I was like, maybe it is terrible, but Maybe if I it. ever do have a talk show, then we... I mean, then maybe, but, you know, I don't have a talk show, guys. Can't be Johnny I Talk mean, Show without a talk show. Johnny Podcast? Johnny Podcast. <laughs> Johnny Talk Show sounds like a superhero, though, and that's kind of yeah, like why I, I like it. it. It's fine. Maybe I, maybe I just have to, like, pray about it, you know? Oh, my God. That is so true. I think you have to pray about it. Okay, BRB. Wait, are you actually... Oh, never mind. <laughs> I thought you actually were leaving. No, man. Nope. No, I'm okay. I'm... <laughs> that was just a latency thing with the joke. I'll blame it on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, anyways... Um, so, Sarah and Kylie first asked us to sing I Shot the Sheriff by our good friend, Bob Marley. Everybody's my our friend. Our good friend. Today. I don't hey. know why. I'm just, I feel like I'm just becoming like a monk over here. I'm just like, our good friend and brother, Johnny Talk Show, is yes. with us today. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is loud. Yes, he is. Do you know I Shot the Sheriff? I do not. So okay, I actually went through like a reggae phase in high school, so that does not surprise me. I know, right? I went through like every phase. There was this one point last year in high school when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I was pretty set on going to film school. But there was that like back burner thought where I was like, or I could start an underground radio show and we could just play reggae music. You did not. That was a thought. Like, I talked to my mom about it, and she just looked at me weird. And I was like, is this a bad idea? And she's like, maybe stick with the film school. Oh, no. <laughs> so, This sounds like are. something that I would be a... in, like, Portlandia, and then they'd, like, <laughs> they'd cut to a scene where there's just, like, Fred Armisen in, like, this, like, swampy, like, yes. dungeon doing his yes. underground. <laughs> right, and it would just – and it is very Portlandia because um, – Sometimes sometimes the joke is that they are, like, really white people doing things, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they, they're the most, like, mundane white people. And I think that that would be hilarious because reggae has so much soul and is, like, you're either, like, Jamaican or not. <laughs> right. It reminds me of 10 Things I Hate About You, you know, like the the guys who think they're Jamaican or pretend to be Jamaican in the class. I haven't seen it. So... Oh, no. Well... Sorry. I'm not going to explain, because it's just like a quick gag. Anybody who's listening to the podcast and has seen it, they're going to be like, oh, we know what he's talking about, so they got it. My bad. Anyways, seeing as I was once a a uh, reggae enthusiast, I will sing the first line of God bless. Bob Marley's I Shot the Sheriff. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to do a <clears throat> reggae accent, and it's going to be really oh. bad. <laughs> Do you, do, you want, do you want me to give you your pitch? <clears throat> actually, you know what? They don't Beep. actually. <laughs> I just remembered the 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 first line of the chorus is actually just super jazzy. It's not even reggae like. So never mind. It just goes, I shot the sheriff, and then it goes, but I did not shoot the deputy. Oh, I'm glad you didn't start that reggae radio station. I mean, I wouldn't be the one singing, John. It would be fine. I'd be like, and up next is your boy, Bob Marley. Your boy. And I've got the sheriff. Here we go. Play the song. 
and nobody would listen. That's not true. You may have gotten a huge audience. I mean, this was Mississippi, so I'm sure that random people <laughs> would have just been, like, the biggest fans of this thing, because there's random people in Mississippi ran- who are randomly truth. fans of random things. That is the truth. I don't think you've ever been to Mississippi, John, and I don't think you can comment on these people. Um, Mathis, I've been to Mississippi several times. Have you? Yes. When did you go to Mississippi? Several times. Were you ever by the Gulf, where I lived? The Gulf? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Sounds like a I can get back character. to you on uh, the itinerary. You're not kidding right now. You've actually been to Mississippi. I have been to Mississippi, yeah. Wow. Were you ever there when I was there? Uh, maybe. Nah, probably not. Yeah, just like 2010, 2011? Uh, yeah, no. I went for... Oh, okay. We went... I'm not going to go into the story. It's not worth it. (laughs) Moving on now. Okay. (laughs) So, the first question is, what are your thoughts on legalization forward slash (laughs) decriminalization of drugs? Mainly marijuana. Mm-hmm. Could laws be reformed so that police forward slash law enforcement oh my gosh. forward Just say slash, slash legal system could have more resources to focus on other more serious crimes? Could this help in prison overcrowding? According to the Huffington Post, over 50% of inmates currently in federal prison are there for drug offenses. Mm-hmm. No doubt that many of these inmates are sentenced for serious drug offenses. However, with decriminalizing marijuana, what type of impact would that have on our prisons? Johnny Talk Show, go! Johnny Talk Show! <laughs> um, I, I, I am all for legalizing it. All, honestly, here's the thing. All drugs? I am. And here's the reason why. Um, bloody liberal. Yeah, bloody liberal. <laughs> um, a, I think that no matter what, if people want something, they will always get it. I was just Absolutely. talking with uh, my brother-in-law. I, I don't. We were listening to the radio going to Planet Fitness. Uh, hashtag not spons, but you know Planet Fitness if you want to. Um, we were going to Planet <laughs> Fitness, and they were talking for some reason about um, uh, medications for like, you know, like maybe anxiety, bipolar, those type of medications. And we were, me and my brother-in-law ended up set, like talking about how maybe we should regulate it so that people don't overdose on those. So regulate it so that people only get three at a time and then they have to go back. So it kind of keeps them accountable. Um, but then what I was thinking is that um, if people really want to overdose on those types of drugs, they'll just hoard those three and go back, and they'll hoard it until they have enough. So the really the main point oh, is, if people want to, if people want to um, abuse any type of drug, they will find a way to do it. And the reason mm-hmm. that I say let's just legalize it is that we can gain revenue from it. And there is, you can, the government would be able to um, regulate, you know, who or how much you can get, or you know what they do with that. But I think that we're in so much debt, especially with uh, if you legalize weed. I just saw an article a few days ago where it said by 2020, if we legalize marijuana, the U.S. will gain 40 billion dollars just in like revenue. Are you sure that I mean, 
That just sounds crazy. Like that's It just... does not sound crazy to me at all because people want that's it. So much money. And it's like a whole new thing that if we just legalized it, then we could use that money. And so you it... don't even want it for like medical purposes. You want it for like oh, you can go to the store and buy some marijuana. I think for medically, I think that definitely should be legalized. But um, I'm saying just in general legalizing, like for everyone. Um, yeah. And here's the thing. I think that everyone has their addictions. I, do, I think that we have a huge stigma with drugs. I think that things like, um, you know, I think we're, we're addicted to food. I think that people are addicted to cigarettes, alcohol. And I think that we've stigmatized certain drugs when really we should look at the things that our society is addicted to and see that really, no matter what, we choose our own drug. It may not be an illegal drug, true. but we yeah. all are choosing a drug and we're abusing it of some sorts. It could, I mean, everyone has their own. I could probably go down a whole list, but. <laughs> I don't think um, we need to call out every addiction. <laughs> <laughs> but we all have our thing. And so. Yeah, yeah. It's like, if your thing is going to be cocaine, I mean, <laughs> you're going to get it either way. So it might as well. And going back to the prisons, we are over overcrowded based on minor drug offenses. And if people are against the uh, not for legalizing it, just think that it will save you tax money. But if we are, if we, if we legalize it, then less people will be in prison, which means you have to pay for less people in prison. Um, and it's just silly how, how much time people get for drug offenses. Obviously some should be in, <laughs> some make mistakes on drugs, but Overall, that's my opinion. I'm sorry. I got very um, opinionated. So just for the – you don't have to say sorry for that. That's why we do the podcast. But just for, like, sake of clarification, you're saying that I should be able to go to the store and be like, yeah, I'll get two packets of LSD yes. and then a little bit of marijuana and throw a little cocaine Well, here's in the thing. Too, y- yes, right? I, I do think – because I think that as human beings, we have the right to do to our bodies what we want. I really That's do. True. Yeah. And I think if you want, oh, here, here was my other thought, is that um, as long as you are told what the effects could be, because this is what they do with cigarettes and alcohol, they tell you what could happen, and then it's okay. If you do the same thing with those types of drugs, saying it could cause hallucinations, it could cause you to overdose, it could cause death, as long as we tell people what the effects could be, I do not see a reason why they should not be able to legally, like, take it themselves if they're choosing to. That's a personal opinion. I'm not going to go buy cocaine if it's legal, but. Right. I, this issue is like, is really hard for me because I think it's because I need to, it's very hard to look at it without my own view of like drugs creeping into my way to handle this. And I can't, I can't put my beliefs like to a certain degree, you can put your beliefs into your policy for this sort of thing. But I think that if you look at the numbers, it doesn't really matter uh, if I really uh, if I'm totally against drugs because the drug war is like a meaningless fight. Mm-hmm. Like it's so much money that the government pours into trying to stop it, and it gets here anyways, and it like funds. It funds like gang violence. It funds drug cartels. It mm-hmm. puts it puts money in a lot of places that cause even worse illegal activity. Right. 
And so that's why I say like, well, if you look at those, if you look at how well that's going, it doesn't really, and it's, go ahead. No, sorry, finish your thought. It's just one of those things where it's like, okay, well, I, I do not like the idea of drugs. Like, I don't, I don't like that people could be like, it, it would be legal for people to just like lose control of themselves by like doing these things like, like alcohol, like you're. Exactly, right. Like alcohol. Except that, I don't know, maybe it's all like a stigma, like you were saying, but mm -hmm. as far as I've learned and as far as I know, like, the effect of, you know, cocaine and LSD is like a lot more like, yeah, he's gone than it is for, like, um, alcohol or for cigarettes or for, uh, you know, uh, eating or for watching TV or, you know, any other addiction, like, like, you do a hit of cocaine, and it's like, pretty sure he just fried his brain a little bit right there. But at the same time, I, I think that you make a really good argument for it. Like, I think that you you can't control anybody else's, like, decisions with their bodies in any other area. And it's just, it does not do any difference to act like you can control their decisions mm -hmm. with their bodies. Because, I mean, there still is, like, there still is a big drug problem. I don't know how I feel about, like... um selling it that i've never thought about selling it before like i could see a world where they are like it's like is this person on cocaine yes a police officer sees it and does not do anything mm -hmm. because that's not an offense that's not a crime unless they are like acting out in public you know like uh public uh dis what is the word indecency yeah like public indecency like i could see a world where that happens but I've I've actually never thought about like I could go to the store and buy cocaine like that's a mm -hmm. that's that's a whole new territory. But I mean also the the prison thing is the prison thing's also right like it's there's a lot of criminalization for for drug use and I I'm okay with those people being in prison because it is the law right now. Like yeah. I am totally, I'm like, yeah, I mean, if they break the law, they break the law. But, um, if that's not an offense anymore, that's, you know, that could help in that situation a lot. I don't know. I'm just, I'm really mixed up about it. I, I thought of two more I'm like things. like a soft yes, but go yeah. ahead. Um, another thing is that with things that are illegal, it, it when things are illegal, people want to do it more. There's a type of rebellious That's factor to it. And so I feel like if we decriminalize it, people will be like, oh, it's really not that cool. And I honestly, I mean, obviously at first there would probably be more people that would do it. But I think eventually it would kind of tamper off because people, well, it wouldn't be, you know, a risk. People are like, oh, okay, fine. And the other thing is, is that we have, we've tried the drug war, like we've tried the decriminalization and it hasn't worked. And I'm not saying to immediately give up on, like, a government policy, but we have been trying for a really long time, and it's, like you said, if we're really looking at this in the long haul, right now it looks like an issue that will just always be like this unless right. we did a different <clears throat> policy. And I, mm -hmm. think that, I think that you might be right in that. I think that you could see the numbers over a few decades just mm -hmm. dwindle off if – well, it's kind, I mean, of, it's kind of like, you know, in Europe, the drinking age is much lower, and they see a lot – I don't know what the actual numbers are, 
but the amount of alcoholism is much lower than it is in the U.S. And I think it's because, you know, kids are brought up with it not being a big deal and they're able to drink it at an earlier age where here you have to wait until you're practically past adult age. And so it's it's very old. Yeah. So it's kind of that but, type of mindset. Yeah. Absolutely. And I am in I am in favor of lowering the the drinking age mm-hmm. having grown up in Europe and having developed a very uh, healthy relationship healthy normal relationship to being around alcohol. I'm like, yeah, I think that the drinking age should should definitely be lowered. And I mean, you could also look at the the prohibition as an mm-hmm. example for for this question because then I mean, people were making money off of that and people were still drinking a lot and and it's just more dangerous. And if you think about it, it if yeah. we can if we can legalize it and then kind of regulate it a bit like in regards this is a very drastic example but like with heroin instead of people using dirty needles they can get clean needles and therefore be safer when it comes to other diseases because of that so it's i just feel like everything would be not as bad if we just had it more regulated and legalized yeah i guess you know, I don't believe in the use of drugs, but I do believe in... But caffeine's a drug. Right. You know what I mean. I like know. These, but these, like, that's... high intensity, like, do heroin once in your life is kind of, like, crazy um, kind of drugs. Like, I don't believe in the use of, like, those very high intensity drugs, but I do believe in every person's right to do what sure. they will do with their life. You know, like, if... If doing drugs has zero effect on, you know, the world around you outside of what you're putting into your community, mm-hmm. um, then it's like that's that's okay in my book. Like I might not agree with your actions, but if you're not, you know, if you're not influencing my life or other people's lives like in a negative way, then what am I going to do? Like that's right. that's not my grounds. That's not my place to to act. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I think it's a soft yes. Soft I, yes. It's absolutely. It absolutely needs a different policy. And definitely. And I would love to see something else tried. And maybe you know the legalization is the the first step for that. Or yeah, yes. I don't know about. Let's let's try the legalization for a little while, and then right selling it in stores might be. Vague. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I get the feeling that it'll change probably within 10 years, though. I think so, too. Um, good question. Okay, so the next one is, let's pretend that your DVD player has just busted, and it will now only play the DVD that is currently in your DVD player. Dun-dun-dun! If you could choose one movie, what movie would you pick to be stuck in your DVD player, and why would you choose that movie? Mm-hmm. Well, this is a hard one for me. I know what John's going to say. Yeah. Um, i would, to think what I would have. Yeah. Mathis knows me so well that he knew exactly which one I was going to pick. <laughs> as soon as I read that question. And I it's not even a, it's not even like a good movie, but it's my favorite <laughs> It's almost the case where it's like it really doesn't matter how good the movie is at this point, you know. <laughs> it's right. like it's just got to be what state of mind it puts you in because you're going to watch it forever. Right. And mine's Scary Movie 3 everyone. Love me or hate me. Love or hate the movie. It 
it giggles me. It at, giggles me. <laughs> at such I love that. At such a level that I have not been giggled before. <laughs> and the movie giggled me so good. It's one of the most quotable movies I've ever found in my life. Mm. And it's just so good. <laughs> and so bad. <laughs> I feel so like good. all those bad like 80s movies and 90s movies that people treasure now, this could be one of those movies to people. Not just you. In like 20 more years. Right. It's so funny. But that's mine. Mathis, what's yours? Can you think of one? It's okay if you did. I, you know, I'm like... It's so hard because I'm trying to think outside of like Matthew? my favorite movies because can you hear me? Hello? Mathis? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear okay. me? Okay. Woo. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh. We lost each other. Uh, yeah, that was like dead air for a while, which is kind of funny because I thought you were just thinking. <laughs> I was You're like, like wow. saying my name and I've just gone completely existential over here. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds hashtag familiar. John last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John. Hashtag John last week. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, goodness gracious. That is like... The thing is, is I have to think beyond my favorite movies, because most of them, like, I could not watch, like, more than a few times in one week and still be a sane person. So... Yeah. The... Can I just go buy another DVD player? <laughs> Why no. am I using a DVD player? That's the real question. <laughs> I got a computer. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of an okay answer to go with. Uh, uh, I mean, if you can't think of one, it's okay. We can, You can think of it throughout the episode if you want. That's true. I might change it later, but I'm going to go with The Matrix right now. Oh, that's a good one. The, I mean, that was a movie at a point in my life that I watched, like, every day after school. Like, I know that I can watch that movie repeatedly, and I know that that wouldn't be too bad. That's a, pretty, I feel like that's it, a solid one. Yeah, I mean, it's a very fun watch, but I'm sure that there's other movies that I would have more fun watching that I, I cannot think of right now. Oh, well, we'll come back to it if... Think of a new one? Yeah, if I think of another one. Okay. Um, the, so the very end of the episode, or the very end of the, not the episode, of the email, is um, if I have a favorite superhero, because I was kind of bashing on Wonder Woman. I don't remember when that was. Was that last week or the week before? It may have been last week when we were talking about... Um... Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. And Sarah is a Wonder Woman fan, so she was saying, like, well, if you don't like Wonder Woman, who do you like? Um, I think... I still think it's Daredevil. It's a little bit of a, like... Uh, it's, it's a little difficult to pick, but I think it's... It's either Daredevil, Superman, or Captain America. Um, but I like Daredevil a lot because I think that... It's a very scientific superhero. Like, everything is amplified. Like, he he can tell when someone's lying by listening to their heart in a situation. Like, literally listening to the pounding of their heart. And his, like, fingers are, like, so hypersensitive that he can, like, feel the words off of the inside of a book. Like, he can feel the ink on top of the page. 
And I just think that all that stuff is like super cool. And just the idea that he is, he's hindered in a way that I can't think of any other superhero that is actually heavily hindered, but his other, his other senses are so amplified that it doesn't matter. Like someone is blind and is fighting for justice. That's just really cool to me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I really like daredevil. Have I watched the Netflix show? A few episodes, but I still, I still like, I still like him a lot. That's a good one. Daredevil's good. Yeah, I like him a lot. Plus, his dad's a boxer, and you know how I feel about boxing. Right. Plus, he's a lawyer, so he fights for justice, and he's also like fighting for justice in a different way. Like, and it's just kind of cool that it's like, okay, well, it doesn't matter if I lose the case. I'm gonna go beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And. You know what I mean? It's just sort of like, I will work within the parameters of the law, but when I can't, I will also go Batman on everybody. Right. Yeah, so that's why I like Daredevil. Groovy. Moving on? Moving on. Moving right. on home. <laughs> um, do you want me to read it? Yeah, let's have you read it. So this one's from Mathis's good friend Anna, and I call her my friend too, even though we're, you know, we're Twitter friends. It's fine. <laughs> Yay! Um, I forgot that happened. Oh, it happened. Everybody's a friend today. Anyone who's listening, you are our friends. You are. Should it's only because it's the tenth episode. We, right. Well, we oh. could, but okay. I'll just imagine that I'm holding <clears throat> them all. And okay, um, so she says. Hello, John and Mathis. Happy 10th episode, and then there's a Yay! party popper. Um, she knows us so well. She said she's proud of us, and um, keep up the good work. It's just so nice. Um, she said, she said, I wanted to write you guys a, <laughs> a, a quick email uh, to let you guys know that last episode really blew my mind. I found myself pondering the topics even after the episode was over. And she's still trying to come to terms with her own personal conclusions on them. Perfect. That's great. Perfect. Um, so the first one is, over the last couple years, a lot of research has been done to prove the way media objectifies women and how society adapts the same objectifying behavior. However, I believe men are portrayed in a very unrealistic way by the media as well. What's crazy to me is that most people I've talked to actually expect all guys to be super manly and she says no emotion um and she just can't wrap her mind around that idea um do you feel like this is true and have you ever experienced such a thing great question that is a really good question i just Anna. heard something today where they were saying that you know today's society the um what's the word i'm looking for the kind of baseline for beauty is airbrushed. And so really yeah. normal people that aren't on TV, we compare ourselves to airbrush when really that's not even realistic. And I just thought that was a very good image. Like our realistic baseline for beauty is touched up and Photoshopped. And mm -hmm. it, it just shows how unrealistic it can get then. And then, I mean, this this ties in well to what I was saying earlier in the episode about 
the entertainment industry has a way of telling you that you're excited for something and then eventually you're excited for it and it it's very effective because that's the way that humans brains work so the more that they tell us that this is this is a beautiful woman this is a beautiful man this is a beautiful woman this is a beautiful man it's like it's it actually works as like easy and uh dumb as that is like it is it is a very like um effective way to get to this point of like objectifying people you know so uh-huh. it like so like you if you keep showing like this is how you treat a woman this is how you treat a woman this is how you treat a woman then people are like oh i get it that's how you treat a woman and and voila and then you get to this point in time um i would i would totally agree that it's not a one-sided objectification Mm-mm. at all no. i think that it's just i don't know that there's any way to uh to have gotten to this point, if that makes sense. Like, of course there's going to be, like, one one way, at, at one point in, you know, media, there's going to be one way that women are mostly portrayed, and there's going to be one way that men are mostly portrayed. And I just think that eventually it would get to this point, and that we would have to fight back, and we would have to take a step back and be like, okay, well, where have we gotten ourselves to? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, everything's going to go bad for it to get good again, and then it'll go bad and get good again. You know, it's just very very much like a cycle. So <clears throat> I think what worries me is I think the damage is already done. You know, it's, it's right. kind of engraved in us. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's engraved in us on what we think beauty should be on both male and female side. Um as much it as is, we yeah. don't want to believe that we're affected by what we see, we really, really are. And yeah, because I mean, it's literally everywhere you look. You go, yeah. you know, it's on billboards, it's in stores, it's on TV, it's on your iPhone. Um, so it's yeah, I don't know how to really reverse it. It's sad. I think it just, um, I th- it it really just comes down to for me like in your own communities, in your own family that you have one day, you know, like being, being that person who says like, it's like this and it's like that and just trying to reinforce it as much as possible. And, and my hope would be that the people who are higher in those, in those uh, creative positions will eventually change. And those, like the society will, um, will become so collectively ready for something different that somebody yeah. will come along that will start like changing things. And I think that there there is slight change right now, but the I actual the the benefit of that change is not anywhere near being Ooh. seen yet. Yep. That's a good you way know? to put it. Yeah. Which is sad, but it's like I would never want other people to stop um doing what they're doing. Like as a as a filmmaker, I wanna keep doing the same thing like i want to show men in different ways and i want to show women in different ways um and just because i'm not going to see like the things that i do change people doesn't mean that i'm not going to do it because i you know like you were saying we're just on a long road of like this this is where everybody's mind is at now but i mean things aren't going to change unless people start you know Mm -hmm. doing it thinking that one day it will make a difference yeah. And that does kind of go into, you know, her other question of manliness. And I mean, it definitely, by the way that men are portrayed in 
TV and movies and all the media. I mean, I definitely don't feel manly compared to them. Um, Not at all, no. But, I mean, I think with age, I, you know, thankfully I've come to realize that that's not really manliness. I mean, nothing really makes you manly, um, thankfully, because ooh, on paper I'm not too manly. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's hard. And I think I can't say that it's harder for guys than it is for girls. Um, but I also don't think that girls can say that about guys either. I think it's I think it's hard either way you look at it. I think it just comes out differently with both genders. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that that I would say also. Well, I guess I already said that men are portrayed um, poorly, uh, also objectified. Mm-hmm. I do. It's kind of hard to to pin down, but I do think that there are certain things that make a man. Um, I don't know. I wish you'd see Midnight Special because I think that I think that the man that is the the father in Midnight Special, I think he exemplifies of a lot of what of what makes a man. But like, I think the problem is with saying that is that if there is a a male that hears someone say that and then they don't have that quality they automatically feel diminished so that's why i I always have trouble you know pinpointing what it is that makes someone manly or women um more womanly because i mean i've heard people say what a man is and i don't have a lot of those qualities so it's like am i less of a person Um, yeah you have a good point yeah but i i mean yeah so i guess i don't know I think, I don't know, it's hard to say. I think that there's certain things to strive for. I'm still just, like, there are certain things that we can all become more of to become better men or to become better women. But I think that those are things that could be applied to both genders. You know, compassionate, kind. I don't think there's really gender-specific things that we can attribute to. To manliness. Mm. I'm going to... Okay, I'm going to throw a comment out there, and we're not going to dissect it, but okay. I do think that... I got my baseball think... glove. Throw it at me. Because <laughs> I'm manly. Say, I, got my... <laughs> I thought you were going to say you had your baseball bat, and I was like, okay, you're not going to hurt me. Stop. <laughs> but I do think... I do think... You know, this is going to come down to, I think, that there are differences between the genders, and I do think that men are blessed in ways that women are not, and that women are blessed in ways that men are not. And I think that there are certain things that are more attributed to women, and certain things that are more attributed to men, like certain things are more masculine, and I don't mean that on, like, a biological or, like, a scientific level, just on, like on an emotional level and I think that some things are, are more feminine and I don't I don't mean that in like a like men are less emotional way. I just think that there's a certain way that that men should act and that women should act in order mm-hmm. to be I don't know. Like I'm I'm making it sound so like narrow, but it's not narrow in my mind. I don't know. You can comment if you want to. No, like, I think it. No. Yeah. I I don't I really agree, but to. I I think I that's know you don't. Fine. 
I mean, right. I just I had to say it because I was like, okay, I, I do I don't understand think John's what you're gonna saying, agree, though. but I'm I, gonna I'm just gonna say it. I do understand what you're saying, and I think that obviously there are some differences, but I think it's what society has put on us. And I think it's because we have grown up in it that we don't see that we've kind of been manipulated into thinking that certain qualities make someone um, their gender. Um, And I think that if we didn't have the media and if we didn't watch shows and movies that portrayed men and women certain ways, I don't think we would have those same uh, thoughts. So, yeah, but that's okay. Do you want to move on? Yeah, let's move on. That was a solid question. Yeah, I liked it. Um, The second question is, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be and why? Did you want to go? No. So my go-to one, Mm -hmm. I don't think I should have this, but my go-to one would be (laughs) control of time. Um, oh, Dr. Hooey. <laughs> Dr. Hooey. I want to be a Hoovian. Um, don't we all? Like, I would love, like, I don't even have to be a time traveler uh-huh. per se, but if I could stop time, oh Ooh, my God, like, I would just like be. Like Clock Stoppers? Did you ever see that movie? I did, yeah. Ooh. But, you know that movie Classic. actually did a really cool thing because it it totally had you thinking they stopped the clock for a good portion of the movie. Right. And then you find out that they're just moving exceptionally fast. I really Spoilers. like that. Like it's such a goofy movie. It's yeah, so I know, it's so yeah, it's so fun. It's so yeah, goofy and fun, but I you know, actually coming down to like a storytelling element, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Like they figured out a a way to make it look like something that it wasn't and I don't know. But, yeah, but having said that, I think it would be very dangerous for anybody to be able to stop time. Time is a very important boundary and limitation. Like, I would love to come home from work and to look and go, like, okay, well, it's 6 p.m., but I kind of wanted to watch three movies instead of, like, a 20-minute episode of a TV show. So I'm just going to stop the clock, watch three movies, do some writing chill out, have a beer, mm-hmm. let the buzz die down, start the clock again, and then relive the rest of the night. Like, I totally, that would be, I'm on board with that, yeah. Right, that sounds amazing, and it's mm-hmm. so dangerous, because yes. I know that I would use it at least, mm, at <laughs> Every least three times a day. Yeah, right. exactly. So, I don't know, I think that's... I don't know. I think that's an interesting ability. I think it's a very dangerous ability. Mm-hmm. Did you think of this as more of a a grounded ability, like something you could actually do? Because may, maybe animants. I don't think like it that. matters. Okay. Well, what what would your answer be? Um. Let's see. I. Ugh, let me think. Okay, so I've been watching a lot of Hollywood Medium with Tyler Henry. It's on E! If anyone else has watched it. (laughs) But here's the thing. I'm very, very skeptical of mediums. um, Because I think a lot of them are just shams to get money. And I think, honestly, 99% of them are. Um, Mm -hmm. 
But if you watch the show, you know within like two minutes of hearing him talk to people that this kid has such a gift. And I do believe that some people do have this gift of being able to connect to that that thing that we talk about, you know, the thing that's connected to everything and really yeah. see things in a different way and in a different kind of realm that we can see because we are very blinded by this human body and human experience. And um, so what he ends up doing is he really, he helps people. Um, he does, he, he does a few things. He does connect people to um, loved ones that have died, but he also, um, you know, he can kind of, he can look at, he can sense things for the future as well. Um, but what I like about what he does is he gives people a lot of peace. A lot of people don't get peace sometimes with death. Um, and I think that sometimes yeah. all people need is kind of the reassurance that a, their loved ones are okay. And B that, you know, they forgave them for something that they said, or the last thing they said wasn't, um, nice and that they forgive them. And he, you know, Tyler Henry, he always is so reassuring in the idea that, you know, when people die, all of those negative qualities that we have here on earth really just go away. And it's, you know, there's really no hard feelings. Um, and I guess what I like about it is he just, he gives, he gives peace to people that need it. And so, A, I would love to have that ability. Um, I know a lot of people don't really believe in it, but I do think that some people can. Um, so if we're looking for like a realistic ability, I would probably want that. Um, Just that element of it, or do you want to be a medium? I mean, I would love to be a medium. Yeah, that'd be cool. I would. I will say that if you were a medium, we could probably get you a talk show by Monday. That's true. Like, like it would not be very hard. So maybe you should just like start doing your your spiritual push-ups and and get your medium boots on and then they'll be like this guy needs a talk show he's funny and he talks i'll try to connect with my dead cats and see if i can get anything no (laughs) so uh that's a youtube series but seriously i i you guys should really check it out it's such a great show and i know it sounds because there's that stupid long island medium and i think she's a sham but if you just watch (laughs) just watch like five minutes of it it's so good I think it sounds cool. So it's a reality show then, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And what I like about him is he he doesn't know going in who he's going to see. And he doesn't – he honestly knows nothing about anything regarding movies, music, or TV. Like every single time he's like, I had no idea who that person was. <laughs> it's so funny. So that's why I think he's legitimate because he really – I know they can lie and say that they don't tell him any background information ahead of time. So- does he visit celebrities? It's all celebrities. He's like no. Oh I mean, he my does. Gosh. Do you not like that? No, that's crazy. Like yeah. I did not realize that. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, so it's also. I mean, he also does other things, but that's what the show is. He um, right. They book celebrities, and they don't tell him who he's going to see. And so then, when he opens the door, he's meeting them for the first time. And they do kind of show. Um, he does kind of. Um, he kind of videos himself either a few hours before, or a few days before, and he starts telling like things that he's getting for the reading because they tell him mm-hmm. that he has one, and then he kind of starts to get things um, or feelings on it. I mean, I that's think that's crazy. It's yeah. so it's so interesting to me. If anything else, it's just so interesting to me that that could be a possibility that someone has that gift. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I believe in mediums. I I went and saw the uh, so I went and saw Midnight Special today, and they I hadn't seen the Conjuring Two trailer yet. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, girl, no. I was like, oh my goodness. Is that the one where all the <laughs> is that the one where all the crosses turn over at the end? Yes. I was like, oh, goose pimples. This is nuts. Yeah, they're going they're going all in on that one. They want you yeah, to they, they want you to feel Satan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can you feel it, Mr. Krabs? Can you feel it, Mr. Krabs? Mr. Krabs. <laughs> well, it's a SpongeBob quote, plus your name is John Krabsby. So Crabsby, that's me. John Crabsby. Um, so the last one, and one that I, I love this question, because we, I had kind of, I had retweeted, this is a long story. <laughs> it's a very short, long story. I retweeted this article because they had cast um, a different Flash in the DC Universe than they do in the um, CW show. Uh, and I'm a huge right. CW Flash fan. Um, and Which so, I understand now. Yes. And so I had retweeted this article on why Zack Snyder didn't pick um, Grant Gustin for his Flash. And I totally understand why he didn't. But the question is, is Grant Gustin as the Flash, and she put a heart, or Ezra Miller as the Flash, and it's a broken heart. And she says, this is not biased at all. (laughs) Um, And I will, I mean, I'll give my answer first because I'm obsessed. Um, I'm totally a Grant Gustin type of Flash. And honestly, he... His portrayal of Barry Allen made me have The Flash as my favorite superhero now. Um, I just, I love You're it. You're kidding. I'm not. I, I'm literally, wow. I'm so into it. Um, I just love how he portrays it. He's, I, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Um, well, I, I haven't watched enough to really know how Grant portrays it. So what were like some of the traits be, would you say? Because he's not as like snarky as some other versions of the flash, right? Like he's I honestly funny, don't know. But... He's the, he was the first flash that I've seen. So maybe that's why I like him the most, but I think I just, he's just so kind hearted. And right. I think that's, that's why that's they I didn't pick him for the DC universe is that, you know, it's just very different. Um, but he just, it's just, it's such a, he's just such a kind flash. <laughs> I don't know. He just really wants to help people and help the world. And, but right. I will say, um, in Batman versus Superman, they do have this is kind of it's kind of a mini. It's not even a spoiler, but they do show a clip of Ezra Miller as the Flash um, in the movie, and I get it. I'm not mad about him. I can actually see him as the Flash now that I've seen kind of him in action. Um, right where they're going, and I'm okay with it. I wish Grant was in it, but you know, I don't make the decisions. Daddy, Daddy, don't pay me the big bucks for that. So. Well, what in like one sentence, what was Zach's reason for not picking Grant Gustin? It just wasn't the tone they were going for. Right. That's as you were talking about this, I realized I was like, I don't think that they want a single happy, nice person in no. the Justice League. It seems like every member is going to be kind of an asshole. Like they're all going to have their thing, you know. Exactly. Because I mean like Superman, they kind of made him a bit of a a bit of a brooding jerk and they made Batman a brooding jerk. And I don't think wonder woman's going to be like super nice. Cause she just is not very nice. And the flash, I mean, Ezra Miller, just that casting already tells you he's just not going to really be a nice person. Cal Drogo as Aquaman. Yeah. That's not going to be nice. 
So it's just like and cyborgs in it. I don't right. know what cyborg I is, think, but I think they're all just going to be very like brooding and very like they're going to be damaged and definitely right. the CW very grim. I mean, the CW's Barry Allen, he's damaged in his own way, but it's it's a very light damaged. You know, right. it's yeah. very lighthearted. I mean, it doesn't get you down. They always leave you. And on it a doesn't high note. exactly. They don't leave you like, well, is there actually hope? Like they don't ever make you think that. Like they're right. like, no, there's hope. There's hope for the world. It's such a and I think show. that Justice League is going to be like. I don't know if there is any hope. I think everybody just is screwed. Like that's really what this franchise is becoming, at least. And I get it, and that's why I think I'm okay with it. Because um, I right exactly. I can get on board with it kind of a little more now. I know. Well, and and I was thinking to myself as well. I was like, why didn't they just go with you know? Why didn't they just use the Green Arrow? And why didn't they just use the Flash, why didn't they just throw them in the movie? And and it, now that I'm actually talking about this, I'm like, oh, you know what? That's not their tone at all. No, they want it's it to really be not. so grim. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick Grant Gustin because I actually liked what I saw of The Flash, and I don't like anything that I've seen of Batman versus Superman. You just have so, to see it, Mathis. I, I don't – I really don't want to. I know that I'm going to walk out and be upset for a few hours, and I don't want that. Okay. <laughs> You're like, all right, well, I guess that's your prerogative. I feel like you, get, you give other movies chances. I don't know why you don't give DC. It's because Superman's too close to heart, and Man of Steel really hurt. I know. It's, it's a wound we're all, we're all still healing from. <laughs> yeah. I just know that that's the Superman that they want, and I'm like, okay, um, that's your Superman. That's not yeah. my Superman, so keep doing Superman how you want to, and... Get back with me when you want to reboot the series again. Yeah. Because I don't In a few like years. This. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's, um, that's all the emails we got. Great questions, yeah. though. I mean, we had, yeah, we had some good ones. Um, I don't know. What are you feeling now? Um, I'm just... I guess I just want to talk about Blue Like Jazz just shortly because I'm like... Um, just because it's what I'm reading right now, and it's just got me very, very introspective. It's I mentioned it briefly last week, and I know that you don't have any desire to read it, and I totally get uh-huh. why. Like especially as I'm reading it, like there are some things in there where I'm like, okay, yep. But um, it I really like the way. Like, I'm almost done with the book now, and I just really like the way that he talks about certain things because I think that it is really similar to how I felt growing up. Like, he has a chapter on grace, Uh and he talks about how, like, you know, when he first became a Christian and he was growing up, he was like, grace was just so annoying. Like, it just didn't make any sense, and I was like, why why does this even exist? And he, he was like, I was constantly like, fighting for the grace, I was like, okay, cool, well, thanks, thanks, God, now I'm going to work really hard to try to earn what you've given me, and and that just kind of leaves you in, like, a really upset place if you keep doing that, because it's constantly like, well, why do, I can't earn it, like, I'm trying so hard to earn it, and that's how I felt growing up a lot, I was like, yeah, definitely, I'm trying so hard to earn your grace right now, and, um, and at least for what I believe is like it's such a not it's not even close to that type of a thing 
and he and he does say in the book he's like it's just it's just the way that all humans interact with each other it's like if if you give me something then i'm very aware of it and i will be trying to give back to you not in the same way maybe but like i will try to do it in other ways and he's like it, he's kind of saying like it makes sense to be thinking that way but you just can't think that that's the type of gift that there is like an unspoken informal like oh and then later god wants this from me it's it's not like that at all and that just that really hit me hard and and he was saying you know like you really think that anything that you're you're doing really really could ever you know suffice for that type of like beauty like not to say that people are bad but it's like is that not is it not good enough do you need do you need to like put some kind of cherry on top of what's been given to you like well i got grace just like that guy over there but you know i i was kind to more people you know what i mean and he's i don't know i really liked that and and he says a few other things that like really resonated with me like like just the broken nature of humanity that is constantly like being um repaired and like just that's sort of like our our place here as like um you know just as people it's just sort of like um innate and you're kind of like uh you kind of have to work through that i don't know if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um yeah, I did I tell you I did not want to read the book cuz it's such a like Christians read the book sort of thing. Um, I don't know if you use those words, no, but it's it's a very like Christian circle book and I it just, is. I was very put off by that. Like I know that people have been reading it for for years and and it's like the cool book that the cool Christians read. I actually just read a chapter today on how everybody's fighting to be in the in the cool circle mm-hmm. and and it's not and it it comes down to not what the like the deeper roots of things are but it's like do I look like I'm on the right side of this situation like and he used politics as an example and he's like do the people that support your issues is it just that sameness that you see in them and you realize that they are they are everything that society is projecting as cool. Like it is these people with the cool haircuts and it is these people with this sort of taste. And that's, what's like drawing you there. Like when it all comes down to the cool and the not cool circles, you're just missing like anything deeper in life. And he talks about how it's, it's very not cool to be a Christian. It's very not cool to believe a lot of things that, um, that Christians, believe and i don't know i i just i thought that that was really interesting as well i think that everybody is like fighting just to be on that on that side of no matter what the issue is it's like do i look like the best that i can look do i look cool and yeah i forgot where i was going with that i didn't want to read it i guess is where i was in conclusion, I did not want to read it, but I'm glad I'm reading it, despite like a few things that I think that are very uh, churchy and yeah. not in a good way. Well, I'm glad you're liking it. 
Are you reading anything right now? Um, let's see. I uh, I just I finished Rob Bell's new book uh, not too long ago. Which one? It's called How to Be Here. Um, I read that one after Big Magic. I started reading Dark Places by Jillian Flynn, the Gone Girl writer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty good. I haven't gotten that far in it, but otherwise, I'm not really. I go through like very highs and lows with reading. I either read a lot or I take a break from it. I'm kind of in a break phase, I think, because. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. I'm fighting really hard to be a reader because I know that all writers are readers, and I'm like, uh, I don't read a lot, so I'm just yeah. trying to slowly like build up that that uh, activity. And I think uh, I have another book uh, coming, but I am gonna read Big Magic pretty <gasps> shortly Yay. after that. Yeah, which I'm really excited about. I, I think you'll really really like it everything that you've said and then I read your blog post about like your favorite things from the book and I was Uh like I should probably read this book and it's so funny that she like um after everything that we've talked about it and everything you've told me about it like the things that she attacks the mentalities you see them every day and now it's sort of just like glaring like um in like artistic conversations with people where they'll like you know, say things about their work or about their careers or about their dreams. And I'm like, I'm, I suddenly start questioning the way that you talk about these things. I don't, I don't know if you think about these things right, which yeah. is sort of like a really hard thing to tell somebody. So I haven't really right. said that yet, but like, I don't think you look at your work correctly. Yeah. Let's sit down and talk about this. But I just think that that's really cool. And I haven't even read the book yet, you know, and I'm already like, She's, I mean, she's really going after things that yeah, she are is. everywhere. I mean, you were gracious and let me read some to you, so you've gotten you've gotten some long snippets. I have, yeah. And whoever's listening to this has actually also gotten some like yeah, some snippets juice of the book. Yeah, yeah, the juice, the real good juice. Yeah. Now what? So now that we've uh, had enough juice, yeah, right, a <laughs> cleansing juice. Are we cleansed? You tell me. Oh. Um, I don't know. What should we talk about next? I guess something, something that I've been thinking a lot about, and we I touched on it briefly last week, is like that, the like the power and the struggle of routine in your life, mm. and how that sort of like kind of throws you off from like your your deeper drive mm-hmm. and um just like i keep thinking about the phrase like spiritual dormancy you yes know? and it's sort of like it's just this crazy phenomenon it's very human i think i think it happens to everybody totally but it's it's like it turns into like a very dormant element of your life to the point where i th- i will like go a week it's a lot harder now that we do this podcast but especially beforehand, like I'll go a week or two weeks and realize that I haven't had a single thought about anything outside of like the surface element of life. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, when I'm waking up in the morning and what I'm going to eat for lunch and 
what kind of TV, you know, what am I going to watch on TV that's going to make me laugh a little bit. And, and I'll just like get to this point where I'll be like, wow, I really haven't thought about anything outside of like this little circle that is my life in like two weeks. And I think it's just so mind boggling because it is such a greater, there is such a greater thing. Um, and I don't even mean that in like, you always have to be thinking big picture, but even in like your everyday life, there's just so much like, uh, richness going on. And at least on my end, it'll be like a conversation with God Mm -hmm. will usually commence there because it'll be like, wow, I kind of forgot that God existed for two weeks. (laughs) And it's like nothing had to happen except that struggle of routine. You're just doing things on such a like stage, on such a schedule, and then you just slowly forget about, or at least this is this is what it is for me, but I'll just slowly forget about really important things to me. And then I'll just like stop and I'll be like, wow, that was weird. And then I'll just do it again, like a few weeks after that. And it's sort of just like one of those things where it's constantly deep inside of you. And it's just very easy to stop thinking or listening to anything of that level. Like it's a very sensitive part of your life that you you have to be very aware of and work at and I just it's a very weird phenomenon yeah mine's almost the exact opposite and I think it's bad and just I think it's equally as bad um and I actually I think I was listening to this pod a different podcast but they were saying how when you're super over analytical of things um Mm -hmm. you tend to not be able to have kind of an emotional response which I think a lot of what spirituality is, is it's more emotional than analytical because you can't really analyze spirituality in any way because it's so mysterious, you know? Um, And so I think what I do is I, you know, it's something that I think about so often that I don't allow myself to have that emotional response and really just accept, I don't know, just kind of be in the world, um, and I think that that's almost – it's a routine in, in, a, in and of itself. It's just different than not thinking about it. I just think about it too much. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's very – It's finding I that, think that – Go for it. No, go for it. No. I think I would agree that it's all, it's a very emotional thing. Like you really have to know these things or feel these things on – a heart level and not on such a like, well, if this and this and if that and this and Mm -hmm. just, you know, like the more, the more religious element of it, like the, because this, or like if this, then this, um, what if this and then exactly. But I think we also need a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, I think it's good to have the type of routine that you have when you kind of just get, give your mind a break a bit. And then I also think it's better to have times when you are a little over analytical because then it it kind of gives more weight and girth to the maybe girth was the wrong word but more um you know substance to when you are available for that emotional response because then you have more to work with kind of right um, yeah 
So would you say that you are you're thinking very often on an analytical level of spirituality? Uh yes. Very much so. Like every day. Yeah. Interesting. Um it's very easy for me to just become very disconnected from it all and just be like Alright, well I just feel like it confronts me more than I mean, I'm also alone a lot more than most people, I feel like. So I Right. So then I have a lot more time to just I did mean, you see that? Did you see that comic I posted on the Twitter page? Uh, yes. Yeah, that long one. Yeah. Yeah. It's so real. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, when you're alone with your own mind for too long, it really, it's not a great thing. Um, I mean, it is a good thing, but you know. Right. There. I mean, you go down a lot of holes, a lot of rabbit exactly. holes. Exactly. You start worrying about things that really don't matter too. Right. And solitude is a is a serious balance, like you were saying. Totally. But I'm learning. It's a process. Would you say that that people are for the most part everybody is selfish? Yeah. And I don't think it's yeah. bad to be selfish. I think that we need to be selfish. In a lot yeah. of in a lot of things, honestly, because um, that's how we survive. Exactly. Um, and I think people can take advantage of you if you're not selfish. And I think that's because they're being selfish. So there's a there's really a give and take there. Cause, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say we're selfish, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad quality. Um, but we yeah, I'm, blue like jazz like talks about that for a, a solid chapter. And I think that he, Don Miller misses an opportunity to say that like some selfishness is really important because yeah. self care is just as big of an epidemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it did get me thinking, you know, cause he does ask questions like, could you ever really put everything before yourself? And it's, it's just a very interesting idea. You I know? don't. Why does he say that, that we should put everything before ourselves? It's it's not saying that we should. He's just saying, could you like hypothetically? No, I don't think I could. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, I don't think we should. That's what though. I thought when I was reading it. I was like, you know, I. And I mean, like he uses like Mother Teresa as an example, and yeah. I was like. It's. I would love to get inside of her head for a little while and be like. I love Mother oh, Teresa. Right? Is she is she actually putting everybody in front of herself, or does it just look like that, or you know what I mean? Like, right. there's some sort of place where you're like, okay, my whole life is dedicated to helping everybody, but none of these people are before myself. Like, does it still look like that in her life? It's. Yeah, I think we've really misconstrued this idea of selfishness because I I really do think that we really do have to look out for ourselves first and foremost in this world because otherwise, it's like what they say in airplanes, going back to airplane stories. You know, when the air air mask comes down, you have to put yours on first before you can help others. And I know for me, like after graduating college, I really did have to be selfish with my time and with my thoughts because I I didn't have – I was – I what I wasn't able to help myself yet, and I knew I couldn't help others until I helped myself fully. Um, and I think in order to do that, and in order to really, de- 
identify with yourself and to kind of form an identity, you have to be selfish. And I think it's it's very it's very uh, innate, like like I uh, said before, and it is one of those things where it's like you have to give some time to just worrying about yourself. Yeah. And I don't know. It's a really hard thing because I think that there is a lot of there. I think that people will face a lot of um, life defining moments whenever, you know, that sort of like element is called into, into attention. It's like, you know, how do you act in these moments sort of thing? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's just been on my mind a lot. Like, that that idea and you know where's the line between self care and yeah. and like nothing in the world could matter beyond yourself you know what i mean like yeah and there's definitely a line i don't i don't know where it is but yeah it's i've just been trying to search that out a lot lately it's it's very it's very difficult to like even put to thought you know yeah it is and it's so different for everyone too, you know. Your line's exactly. gonna be different than mine. Exactly. And, um, so. Yeah, and I mean, selfishness is so far from like objective. It's like yeah, like what do you think is being selfish, and what do I think is being selfish? And yeah. Yeah. It like this is kind of connected to that thought. Um, it, I think it was, like, a few weeks ago, but I, I heard it in, like, a, a guest speaker's uh, sermon, and she said, um, it's very important to ask yourself often if you like the person that you're becoming. Yeah. And that that has really stuck with me. Like, I feel like I don't need to, like, you know, post it on my wall or anything, but that that comes back to this, like, figuring out how much selfishness is, like, good for you, and that whole, that struggle of routine, or even, even in your case of, like, looking at things on such an analytical big scope, mm -hmm. in such a, like, uh, exp explanatory way, like, I think that this question is self-centering mm -hmm. in a really, you know, good way. It's yeah. like, this actually does call you back to, like, the the art of becoming who you, you want to be. And, um, something, sorry to keep bringing it back to Blue Like Jazz, but I've just been oh, reading man. a lot of it lately, but there's this, there's this really great part where he says, like, I got really caught up with the person that I should be and it helped, or not helped, but it made me lose track of who I actually am, and it gave me, like, an existential crisis. And he's, it just, he talks about, like, getting into, like, a very fake life, and a very, like, I don't like who I am, who is this person that I'm becoming, and, and it's, I don't know, I, th I think it's really, it's so hard to to like recognize 
who you actually are and to actually be that person. And there is no, like, um, well, this is, these are, like, the, these are the types of people that there should be, like, I don't, I don't know what I mean by that. Let me try to reverse that thought real quick. It's, like, you can't, like, pick who you are to a certain degree, you know? And it's, it's like, despite what anybody would tell you that you should be, you have to come back to that question, like, well, do you like who you're becoming? Because you're going to hit that, like, that fakeness and that crises at some point that, mm -hmm. that is like, whoa, I, you know, I've been looking so big picture, so analytical, so beyond myself, and, and it's going to be like a, a, a case of trauma, you know, where at least in, in my own life, I, I have hit, see, this is why I think the book is really resonating. Like I've totally been in that situation where I was like, I am trying so hard to be this person and this person is not me. And, yeah. and I think it's, it comes back to that, like having the confidence in the person that you actually are like is that's really hard i think i think it's really hard for for me personally to uh to like that person that um that i actually am and i'm still trying to figure out you know mm. who i actually am and 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 it just comes down to that whole like okay well what elements are unchangeable and they actually are me and what elements are um, are things that I do need to improve on. Like, what's self-development and what's my core? Sure. And I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling at this point, but it's... It's a good ramble, though. Yeah. I don't know. What do, what do you... Any thoughts on that? I just... No, I mean, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of freedom in that, you know, that idea that you can kind of let go of that person that you should be and just be the person that you are. I think there is a lot of freedom in that. And I think there's a lot of grace in that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have much else to say about it. It's a, it's a hard process. That's for sure. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, and I think we all, I think what's, what I always think of, cause then I always think about like relating it to the people that, around me is that, I also need to then relay that grace onto other people um, because they may be going through that same process and it may, you know, be coming across a certain way. Um, so, Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know, kind of helps me think about others in a different way as, as well. Yeah, that's true. I, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I guess it, it's because because I get into these routines of like do this, get through the day, go to bed, do this, get through the day, go to bed. Like this this question of like do you like who you're becoming is such a like uh such a guide, like, such a helpful thing, because I feel like time is so fast, you know, and I'm mm -hmm. like, 
I'm just going to lose it really quickly if I don't constantly, not constantly, but like I do have to be very, very focused on, you know, what I want, like what, who I am and what do I actually want to do? Because if you just get stuck in that, like that, just looking with tunnel vision at the little things that you have to get done to get to the end of your day, you could never realize everything that you could be. Right. So I, I think that's why it's just been such a like important. That's awesome. Important that like, question. Yeah, it is. But I think it's awesome that you're at that question. Um, Cause I don't think that's a question that people can tell you to think you kind of have to come upon it yourself. Um, Which is so much of what we talk about. I think like totally you, a lot of these things can't you can't find like they find you. Yeah, you can't fabricate it. It's very organic, and yeah. And I think that's why like I have a problem with almost evangelizing in a sense because I feel like yeah, when it comes hard. to like finding God in any sort of way, I feel mm-hmm. like you can't force that on someone. I feel like it really has to be um, something that they come to themselves. And you can make the argument that you plant the seed and everything, but. I still struggle with the idea that we're, we need to let people find it on their own and in their own time, and we shouldn't judge them for how much time it takes them to find any sort of path. So. Yeah. I think I I struggle with the idea of evangelizing as well. Um, I guess I always have, but most recently it's because of that exact same thing yeah. where it's – it's one of those things where you, to a to a small degree, you stumble upon it, and it can become your belief, but it also, like, it really does find you. Yeah. And. I mean, that's the type of thing that sticks, too, is when you find it yourself, and you apply it exactly. to yourself. Yeah. So. I think the best thing that you could do is to, like, share, if people are curious, like, share what works for you and what you do, and just let those people be on their discovery to find what works for them and slowly work through it the same way that the people that you're talking to are trying to work through it, you know? Yeah. What were you going to say before I cut you off? I don't remember. It wasn't anything important, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> the usual. The usual. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I good do... about this. Oh, you're. <laughs> no, we we can stop. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna like come back to like the own my own personal mission of that like that. Do you like who you're becoming? Question is just to be at peace that I am, you know, yeah, I am exactly who, or at least I'm getting there, you know, like I'm exactly who I'm trying to become. Right. I don't know if that makes any sense. That makes sense, right, John? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not that I wake up and I go like, this is who I want to be. Like, this is the person, but it's like, I, I think that I'm feeling and I'm acting in ways that are forming me into like, you know, the person 
that I, you know, I'm on the path to become yeah. like, as these changes continue to go over time. Well, and there's no end goal, really. There's no point where you're like, I've made it to the person I'm supposed to become. You know, it's all exactly. you're always yeah. constantly growing and moving on to the next stage. And wherever you are, that's the person that you've become. I mean, that's kind of the right. The philosophical element, I guess, is that you are you are who you become right now. Um, but yeah, there's never really an end goal. It's more as long as you're okay with where you are now and that you're always trying to better mm -hmm. yourself and then you doing it, you rock it, you living, you breathing, you living. You got air in your lungs. You breathing. All right. Well, to 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 say what you just said, I I also feel good about this. <laughs> yeah, this felt good. We had a lot of good topics. Yeah, we did. That was that was fun. There's a lot of them in there. It was a good tenth episode for us, I think. Oh yeah. I actually just forgot it was the tenth episode. Like, yeah. probably. Do you want a fist pump with me? Twenty minutes ago. Yeah, on the count of three. Oh, I was already doing it. Oh wait, are we just pumping in the air, or are we gonna oh, yeah. knock knuckles? I, no, I was double fist. I was double fist pumping up in the air. All right, yeah, double fist in the air. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Ooh. Ooh, we should record ourselves. And put it up on the, the Twitter. Yeah, let's just not do it tonight, because remember, I showered and I look like a sloth. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, you've already seen the fist bumping. Hopefully, yeah. Um, just just know when we thought about it, neither one of us was presentable for that I video. I wasn't manly pretty enough. Um, <laughs> we had to go do our, our airbrushing yeah, first, and then come and back and, and look like real men. With the fist right. bump. Right. Um, but thank you, everyone, for sticking around for ten episodes. I mean... Yes, thank you a lot. It, it went quick. It really did. And we got really uh, we got really good feedback on the, the last episode. I just... I heard back from a lot of people who liked it, and... Good. I'm just... I'm really pumped, you know? Like... Yeah. It's very exciting just to know that... People like it. There are it people... And are enjoying it yeah and feel free to share it with your friends people <laughs> and tell them to subscribe and comment on itunes and rate us <laughs> uh it's such it's, a it's a coded like demand right there it's just you just sugared a demand <laughs> oh it's not a demand you you really don't have to no you don't um, but but it would be very nice of you <laughs> and on our 10th birthday you know <laughs> we get a birthday every week. Shh, 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 shh. Just don't tell. Don't think about the logic of it. Nope. Don't overanalyze <laughs> it. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, but <laughs> yeah, um, please feel free to email us. Yes. -E Thank you for the emails this week. Oh, go for it, John. H e l l o a n d a d i e u at gmail dot com. Twitter handle hello at hello and adieu, um, and iTunes. I can't emphasize iTunes enough. <laughs> <laughs> if you like the show, you should you, you should, should say something on iTunes. Um, yeah, <laughs> it would help us. It would, because um, you know we want as many people to grow from this as we are, and, and we want 
yeah. which I would say we definitely are. Oh yeah, and I don't. Sure. I'm not trying to be greedy and saying we need thousands upon thousands, but I am. Oh well, <laughs> Mathis is growing up we, now. With this, John, I figured we go good cop, bad cop on that one. Oh, yeah. I mean, what he said. <laughs> John sugar, and I'm spice. Yes, you are. And you guys are everything nice. <gasps> Boom. Whoa. Mic drop. I think we should finish the episode on a Powerpuff Girls reference. Okay. I bid you adieu. <laughs> <laughs> I bid you adieu, too. <laughs> okay. Happy 10th episode. Yay. Happy 10. Bye, John. Bye.